I'll let you in on a little secret. Reaching your revenue goal won't change your life, but hitting your profit goal, that absolutely will. If you want to build a life-first business this year, you need to create more margin, both in your finances and in your schedule. If you're ready to double down on profit-generating strategies that actually work so you can work four-day weeks, go on real vacations, or even take the summers off, you won't want to miss this. In my free masterclass, Double Your Profit While Working Less, you'll learn exactly how to set your business up to scale so you can give yourself a raise, create a clear plan for how to work that dream schedule, and step into your CEO era, the one where you and your business aren't just surviving, but thriving. You can grab this free masterclass at www.jadeboyd.co backslash double your profit masterclass or go to the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Jade Boyd podcast, a podcast about redefining productivity for the modern woman in business. I'm your host, Jade Boyd. As a business coach, I help overwhelmed business owners simplify and scale their service-based businesses with smart marketing strategies and seamless systems. On this podcast, we talk about all things marketing and productivity. If you're ready to strategically grow your business, ditch the busy work, and make space for what really matters, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Jade Boyd Podcast. So today's episode has been one that I've been looking forward to because I am a planner. So when it comes to planning monthly content or really anything for that matter, I get super into it. And this is like different in different seasons of my business and obviously looks a lot different now that I've started a podcast. But today I'm going to talk you through how I plan my monthly content because I know that planning doesn't come easily to a lot of people and it's something that I just happen to enjoy, which most people do not. And so I do think there's power in sharing how I do things, even though you'll have to take some of my tips and tricks or ideas and repurpose them and change them so that they can fit your own schedule and your own business and your own marketing strategy, really. So let's just dive right in. I'm going to share my process for how I plan my monthly content kind of step by step. And at the end, I will talk a little bit about how I batch content too, so you can see kind of behind the scenes into what my processes look like. The first thing that I think everyone should start with before they decide to create a content plan, either a repeatable content calendar or, you know, a quarterly or annual plan if you're planning farther in advance. Before you get into the planning piece, you have to have a solid strategy in place because trying to create a plan without a strategy is very difficult and makes it way harder than it needs to be. So before we get into the planning piece, I want to touch briefly on the content strategy behind creating a content plan, and a few questions that need to be clarified before we jump into the content planning and idea brainstorming and all of the nitty-gritty details of creating content. So to have a content strategy in place, there are a few questions you have to answer, and you can make it as complicated as you want to. So I'm going to keep it simple today and just cover five things that will make it easier to create content. The first thing is what are your content goals? Why are you creating content in the first place? A smart content strategy or a smart content plan will help you reach your business goals. And so you have to know how your content is fitting into the bigger picture 
of building your business, whether that's building your audience or generating leads or booking clients. How does your content fit into that? And how does it help people move through that sales funnel where you're earning their trust and serving them and calling them to action? So that's the first thing. What are your content goals? Why are you creating content in the first place? What types of business goals are you trying to reach by creating this content? The second thing is, who is your ideal client? And I know that this is thrown out a ton and maybe you're sick of hearing it, but it is just so important when it comes to branding and marketing your business. People trust people and the more directly you're able to talk to that ideal client, the more able you will be to break through the noise and to actually grab their attention and to build that trust because they'll feel like you're a friend, like you're talking directly to them. So get familiar with the words that they're using, what types of content they like to consume, where they're consuming that content, what types of stuff they want to see, are they reading, are they listening, are they watching videos, what are they searching for online, look at keyword trends, kind of tap into the questions that they're asking, where they're hanging out, are they in groups. The more you know about your ideal client, the better you'll be able to pull them into your audience with your content. Number three, what problem does your brand solve? So you might have multiple products and services that solve slightly different problems for your ideal client, but if you have a clear branding strategy, your overall business should be clear on the one problem that you solve for your clients, even if it's in different products or services. So for example, I've talked about this already on the podcast, but my problem that my brand solves is overwhelm, and I do that through several different ways, whether that's through this podcast and creating content that breaks down complex marketing or business things and breaks them down into simple to follow steps. So helping someone move from overwhelmed to taking that first step in action or in branding strategy, helping somebody clarify what their brand stands for and what it doesn't stand for so that that overwhelm of not knowing what to do next is a little bit clearer or in system setups taking somebody who's completely bogged down and overwhelmed in their business and setting up some of those systems and processes for them to make it easier for them to run their business and overcome that overwhelm. But the over the overarching theme here is overwhelm. And I think the more clear you can be on that one problem, the underlying problem that you're solving for your ideal clients, even if it looks like a ton of different things, the clearer and stronger your content will be. And again, the more chances you have to break through that clutter and kind of take stake. And that's my problem. And that's the problem that I solve better than anybody else because I come at it from multiple angles. So it's another thing to solve that problem in your content and speak about that problem in your content too. And that's how it kind of ties into this strategy and creating your monthly content because it's something that you do want to talk about often. Four is what is your signature offering? So this is your main service offer that you want to drive traffic to. And typically this is going to be a higher ticket item, a more extensive item, and a highly profitable offer for your business and something that you're leading people towards. So you might have other lower ticket offers that are like entry-level buys when people are coming into your audience, something that can get them a quick win. But your signature offer really is the key thing that you're known for and an evergreen program that you launch over and over again or a signature retainer service that you're leading people up to. So clarify what your signature offering is because that's very important to know what you're leading people towards at the end of this funnel and how your content is funneling people to. 
And last thing is, what are your calls to action? So this kind of goes along with point number four, but you may have secondary marketing goals that you want to reach, like building an email list or pulling people in with those low ticket offers. But clarify what your calls to action are and kind of the overarching strategy of how you're going to get people to take those actions with your content. Once you have a strategy in place and get clear on some of those overarching questions that will help you make decisions, another thing that goes hand in hand with clarifying your content strategy is to think about what your content pillars are. And if you haven't heard about content pillars before, you've never heard that terminology, it's basically an overarching topic that you talk about often. And you might talk talk about it in many different ways, but it's just a content category, if you will, um, that gives you some ideas on the things that your brand does and doesn't talk about. And I would recommend keeping it to five to seven because I think less is more and the simpler your messaging is, the stronger it is and the more memorable and recognizable your content will be. If you're hitting those same topics over and over again, you become known for those topics and that's really the goal here. But narrowing on the content pillars that you think are going to be brand building for you and think about what types of content have performed best with your audience in the past, like the topics that have resonated the most. I often find when I go and look at my analytics, the personal content and storytelling are what performs best with my audience. So think about those things. Maybe go look at your analytics and see what types of content people are the most engaged with, what types of content generated the most leads, what types of content generated the most bookings. You could even ask your audience what they want to see more of. If you're really stuck on generating different topic ideas, what does your audience want to hear from you? Just ask them and see what they say. And what do you want to build your personal brand around? What's strategic for you to be known for? What are those topics that are going to establish that trust and credibility in your industry? Write those things down too. Think about the things that you would be able to talk about for hours and not run out of things to say. Those are often brand building content topics. And these are just questions to generate ideas, but then sort of group them and narrow them down into overarching topics that you can stick to over the long term. These probably will not change quarter to quarter or even year to year unless you make a major pivot in your brand. So to give you an idea of what this could look like, I'm going to share my five content pillars that I stick to month after month. And this has been pretty steady for the last three years. So the first one is personal. You all know that I believe in personal branding and the power of sharing personal content. Um, But within my personal content category, some of the things I talk about a lot are, first of all, home renovations, because that's my real life. And it's also super engaging. I feel like a lot of my audience members, maybe this is a result of COVID and everybody renovating their homes. (laughs) But I feel like talking about the struggle of home renovations resonates with a lot of people and has started some really interesting conversations. So I talk about that. I share personal stories and reflections on my personal life and like business moments that are more personal, which again, storytelling is very strategic and it captures attention really well. So add the personal relatable aspect to that. And I feel like it's really good personal brand building content. And I also talk about random stuff like being an Enneagram One and uh, my planner obsession. And it's really strange to me that even people who don't love planners or, you know, don't 
relate specifically to certain things I talk about, all of that content seems to get higher engagement across the board because people people want to interact with people. And I think that's one of the things that's most underappreciated by entrepreneurs. We want to feel like we have all of our stuff together and we're these like put together professionals when really at the end of the day, just being ourselves is what is more strategic. So personal is my number one content category and or my content pillar. And if you are trying to build a personal brand, I would definitely recommend that you have that be one of your pillars. My second one is marketing and branding. I have talked about this because I started my business after getting my MBA in marketing and I became a photographer and niched into brand photography for business owners. So marketing and branding are obviously things that I helped them with. And it's one of those topics that I could talk about for hours and hours and not get sick of and is genuinely helpful for my audience. And it's a way that I can serve them. So marketing and branding is number two. The third one is productivity. And I've been talking more and more about this probably over the past year. It's not something that I have always talked about, but over the course of my business and kind of learning about what set me apart and what I really loved doing, I realized that it was kind of a key part of my brand that I needed to build a little bit more and is kind of my superpower when it comes to like planning and organizing branding sessions and working with clients and managing my business and day to day. So Overall, I am productivity obsessed and have been more intentional over this past year of showing up and sharing those little tips that I feel like are supernatural to me that do not come natural to other people. And that's another way that I serve. Um, But then I also launched my ClickUp template, the Organize Your Business template. And I was only able to launch that, I think, because I had already established some credibility and trust in the area of productivity and organization and systems and workflows and all that good stuff. Just showing up and sharing things that are natural to me and built that as part of my personal brand and was actually able to pivot my business a little bit into setting up systems for others. So productivity is number three. Clients is number four. So if you're a service-based business owner, this is maybe another content pillar that you should be thinking about. So Under this client's category, I could be sharing brand photos or client wins or testimonials that I've gotten from past clients or stories from doing work with clients or behind the scenes content of what it actually looks like for me to do different types of work for my clients or even directly featuring products and services and what that's looked like for past clients. So there's a lot of different things that you could talk about, but I think it's important to talk about the work that you do and the results that you're getting too. And the last one is kind of a lump category. It's for entrepreneurs. So this is just a general category for miscellaneous inspirational quotes or words of advice or just entertainment and relatable content that would engage my ideal clients on social media, basically. Um, I don't do as much content on like evergreen content around this. I feel like for entrepreneurs is more of like a engaging social fun category for me. So those are my five categories. Definitely come up with your own list that matches your personality and your business and your brand and what you want to be known for. And think about those things that maybe aren't related to your products and services, but could be ways for you to build your brand and build that trust in a category if you do see yourself making a pivot in the future or if it's a key way that you stand out from other creatives or other service providers or product-based businesses 
in your industry. Those are key things to talk about over and over again. So the benefit of having these content pillars, honestly, is just to generate content ideas because it's so hard to sit down and stare at a blank piece of paper and try to come up with something to post. For me, it's nearly impossible if I don't look at these content pillars to generate ideas and keep a list of ideas, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So once you have these content pillars that you're going to come back to over and over again, the next thing that I do is, or that I would suggest you would do, is pick a primary content platform. Instead of creating content for every single platform and creating a new piece of content for that platform, I would suggest in order to save time and set up a more sustainable system, especially for solopreneurs who are doing everything themselves like I am, (laughs) I would suggest creating a primary content platform, typically an evergreen piece of content. And evergreen content is content that stays relevant for a long period of time. So your client could come across this blog post or YouTube video or podcast episode five years from now, and they would still get value from it. That type of high-value content that doesn't lose its value or lose discoverability over time. It's typically also a search-optimized piece of content that's discoverable. So unlike social media posts that only get visibility for 24-ish hours. Like I said, evergreen content gets visibility for a long time, but mostly because it's SEO-friendly. So it's a topic that your clients are searching for actively on different platforms, whether that's Google or Pinterest or YouTube or anywhere else. So it's typically related to those questions that your ideal clients have over and over again. So I would suggest starting with that primary content platform, one, because they're generally longer pieces of content, so it makes it easier to break that content up into different pieces. And two, if you're going to invest your time doing anything, I would suggest investing in content that's going to last and is high quality, like really establishes that trust and credibility and short form content doesn't do that as easily as long-form content does. So if you have an hour to invest in creating content, I feel like knocking out one big piece of content and repurposing it throughout the month is a good strategy if you're looking to save time or if you don't have a lot of time to spend on your content overall, especially as a service-based provider in a saturated industry who's trying to build that trust and credibility and differentiate yourself. So here is what that looks like for me currently. And like I said, this has looked different in different seasons of my business and it's new because of this podcast, but here's what I'm doing currently. So I start with a podcast episode because it is the longest form of content and the most valuable type of content that I can create. And it's easy to sit down for 45 minutes and talk about something. It's not as easy for me to share all of that information any on any other platform, except for maybe YouTube. But that is a whole different area that I am not prepared to go in for now. <laughs> I'm steering clear of video editing for now. So podcast episode is my primary piece of content. I also pin my podcast episodes to Pinterest. And then I repurpose that podcast episode into a blog post. I actually use blog posts on ShowIt. I have the ShowIt website platform and a tonic template. And then through ShowIt, they connect with WordPress blogs, which are good for SEO. So this is the strategy I'm trying as I'm starting my podcast to use my blog post as my extended show notes, but also to really try to make those 
blog posts as valuable as possible so they're standing alone, even though it's the same content. If you were to go to the show notes and read the blog post version of this podcast, you would get basically the same value because I've done it all in both places. So podcast into blog posts, that blog post also gets pinned to Pinterest. And then after the blog post is written, I'll repurpose that into an email. And we're going to talk about email in the next episode with Jenny. But I try not to just send an email and say, here's my blog post. I try to pull out some valuable content. If someone only read the email, they would get some value from it without having to read the entire blog post. And that might be just breaking out the like five topics that you picked and linking for more information. But I try to give some value or tell a story or something to make it as valuable as possible without making somebody read the blog post because it's not really a separate piece of content if you're just linking to the blog post, in my opinion. So I repurpose the blog post to a weekly email and I also repurpose that blog post and break it down into Instagram posts. So usually when I write a blog post, I'll create some form of graphics. This blog post is going to have quite a few graphics. So if you're having trouble following along with this repurposing structure, there will be a little flow map in the blog post that you can go check out to see a clear visual of how this all works together. But I'll repurpose the blog post into multiple Instagram posts and probably pull out all those graphics for separate posts. If it's a guest episode, I'll pull out different quotes. I'll like announce the blog on one day and remind people of the blog on a different day. So Instagram also goes to Pinterest. So if you're following this, which I hope you're able to follow audibly listening to this on audio, honestly, is confusing. I need to see it lay out, which is what I'm looking at right now. But podcast episodes, blog posts, and Instagram posts all go to Pinterest separately. And then from Instagram posts, I link them directly to Facebook. So Facebook auto posts and That's probably not the best way to do it, I'm going to be honest, but again, I have limited time and I'm doing all of this work on my own. At this point, I don't have help writing blog posts or creating Canva graphics or editing my podcast audio, so I don't really have time to create brand new content for all these platforms and Facebook is my least favorite thing ever. (laughs) I kind of despise it. Actually, we're going to take a segue and I'm going to tell a little story about Facebook. So this is, I'm on my fourth Facebook page for my business, which I feel a little bit of shame admitting because I've had such a back and forth relationship with it. I changed my business name three times. I was really fighting using my name for my business, even though now it makes a ton of sense and I regret not starting my business just using my name because it made things way more complicated than it needed to be. But Facebook wouldn't let me change my business name the second time to my name, so I had to delete it and create a new one. So that was my third Facebook account, and then I couldn't change my little handle, my at name, if you will, that people could tag me with before I got a certain number of followers. And I remember my mom was here, and I was kind of complaining about not being able to change my name on Facebook. And she just invited a bunch of our like friends and family to like the Facebook page. And at the time, I remember like being so grateful. I was like, finally, because this has been annoying me for so long that I hadn't been able to grab my handle. And then after the fact, I never wanted to post to Facebook because I knew my whole audience was my friends and family members, like not people who would actually book a branding session or care about the marketing and business tips that I had to share. So I ended up not posting to Facebook pretty much 
ever. I think I posted maybe twice to that page before recently I deleted it and I just started a brand new page again. And that was in December last year because at the end of the year, I realized I had put zero effort into Facebook and I should just delete it completely. But then I thought, why not just create a page? And it's very low maintenance. I'll just have all the Instagram posts post to it. And I do get a little bit of engagement, not much, but again, it's not a huge priority to me. So thanks for coming along on that little uh, tangent with me. But that's my story on why I am not super into Facebook. I'm sure there's a better way that you can do that if that was more in, a more important platform for you. For me, my audience is way more engaged on Instagram, so I don't feel like I'm missing out on that much. But again, this is going to look different for your business. So don't just not do Facebook because I'm not doing it. But think critically about what's actually important to you and where your audience is going to be most engaged. And then the last couple things, Instagram posts always get posted to my Instagram stories. I feel like I start way better conversations on stories than anywhere else. And after they go to stories, if they're super valuable and I want to keep them around, then I will save them to my Instagram highlights. So in a nutshell, that is my kind of workflow on how I take my primary content platform and break it down for these other platforms so that I'm not coming up with content Monday through Saturday, a different idea every day. I'm coming up with one piece of content for two weeks and kind of breaking it down from there. Okay, the next step, step number four, is to create a repeatable monthly content plan. So now that I have brand building content topics and I have a primary content platform, I then decide how and when to share my content monthly. And I honestly don't change this plan very often either, unless my content topics change or my schedule changes significantly for some reason. But the monthly content plan kind of stays as is month after month since my content topics are pretty steady. So here is what my monthly content plan looks like. So I have this podcast on the first and third Tuesday every month. And along with these podcast episodes, I'm creating a blog post, which gets published on the same day because it's a standalone blog post, but also it's linked in the show notes. So they need to go live at the same time. And then on the off weeks, second and fourth Wednesdays, so instead of Tuesdays, it's Wednesdays when it's standalone blog posts, I will publish a blog post not related to a podcast episode on the second and fourth Tuesdays. And then Thursdays are my email days. So every Thursday, I'm sending an email to my email list and Instagram posts. I try to show up Monday through Saturday. But if I get three to five days, I usually feel really good about that. I can definitely plan ahead and schedule three to five days. All six days means doing reels and more time-intensive forms of content. So I'll be honest, I'm not the most consistent person on showing up on Instagram every day. But that is my goal. And that's what I plan for. Sometimes things happen during the month and plans change or launches change and my content schedule gets mixed up and I don't show up, or I take vacation, or I have a down week where I don't have a ton of energy. Sometimes I even schedule content, and I'll see it pop up on my phone, like the notification to post it on Instagram. And my mood is different at the time of posting than it was when I created it. Like when I created that post, I was super excited to share this, and I was like in this go-get-it mood. And then 
when it pops up on my phone to schedule. It's a day where I'm like suffering from my inner critic as an Enneagram one or something and I don't feel authentic showing up and sharing that content in the moment and I'll postpone it. So having a plan and executing it perfectly are two completely separate things. So I don't want you to think that the way that I plan my monthly content means that I show up perfectly every single month because that is far from the truth. And in my opinion, that's okay. As long as you have some semblance of consistency in your business, I feel like people are forgiving and your audience doesn't notice If you don't show up on Instagram one or two days in a row, like it's not going to make a difference. But if you don't show up for an entire month, different story. Like that might be a little bit more awkward to come back. But as long as I'm showing up between three to five times a week, six is the goal, but three to five realistically is the benchmark, then I feel really good about that. So I have this monthly content plan. I know what days of the month different content is being published and when I'm repurposing that content. The fifth step that I have is recording and organizing my content ideas in one place. And I feel like this definitely helps me plan more quickly because I already have a bank of content ideas and I save them in one place and organize them by marketing channel and content pillar as I have these ideas. I even tag them with the Instagram medium that they're in. So if it's an Instagram idea, I'll put if it's a graphic or if it's a photo or if it's a reel or a video and I'll tag it by that. So I have this full list of ideas tagged by the content medium that it is saved in my template in ClickUp. So my Organize Your Business template has a folder for marketing and I have different lists and the mini course shows you how to add all of your content ideas to those lists and how to tag them. And it's all pretty much set up in the template for you. And the course shows you how to how to use it and how to tailor it for your own business and your own content pillars. But that has worked super well for me. I can even schedule those ideas in ClickUp. So since the idea is already in there, I'll just assign it to a date as I'm assigning my content ideas for the month and building out that monthly plan. And then I'll know when to post that. If I don't already schedule it, the reminder will pop up on the day I'm supposed to post it. So that system has worked super well for me. But the key here is just to organize all of your ideas in one place, even if that's just on a piece of paper or in a notes app on your phone, because I've found that my best content ideas come to me in random times, usually when I'm doing something mindless like doing dishes or going on a run or taking a shower. Then I have like the ideas that I want to write down. So I think the only important thing here is to have a way to write it down that you can do consistently no matter where you're at. So a phone app works really well for that. I use ClickUp, but there are a million phone apps that you could write down these ideas in. So just start creating a bank of those ideas so that when it comes time to create this plan, you're not starting from square one. Again, looking at that blank piece of paper, which can be super overwhelming. So that's the fifth step that I have. Sixth step is to plan my content calendar each month. So each month I plan a content calendar that's aligned to my business goals. So the first step for me is to think about, okay, what am I trying to do this month? Why am I showing up in my content and social media? What am I hoping that people will do? Am I trying to get people to join my email list? Am I trying to sell a new product or service that I'm launching? Am I just trying to hit my monthly income goal? 
like what's the overall goal here and what am I trying to do with my content plan? And I think I have to make that decision before I do anything else. Otherwise, I'll just write down a bunch of fun content ideas that don't actually matter because they don't, they're not strategic. They don't sustainably help me move in the direction that I want my business to move towards. So for me, that's non-negotiable. I need to know what my goals are for my content calendar before I do anything else. And then I'll sit down and map out the dates that are already scheduled and are not going to change. So a few ideas would be like a launch campaign. This month, I am launching mini branding sessions at Burnett Cottage on March 8th. So if you're looking for a branding session, I have a few spots available right now, actually. And so that date was non-negotiable. I knew I needed to open the cart at least four weeks in advance so people had would have time to plan and get ready. So that date was non-negotiable. I put it in and then I put all of the launch emails and Instagram posts in the schedule too. So that kind of trumps my other Instagram content pillar ideas that I have scheduled for each day of the week because I knew those dates were set aside for launch dates and that's like the only thing that I'll be talking about. I'll be talking about photography all week this week and that's what the schedule looks like. The second thing is behind the scenes content. So if I'm doing a full branding session or if I'm doing a VIP day or something like that, that's on a specific date that I know I want to take a photo of and post about that day. I'll schedule that in. Third thing is personal events. Um, I try to schedule in my business anniversaries, like when my business is turning three or four. And some other ideas would be like your birthday or if you have employees, your employees' birthdays or the anniversary of moving to a brick and mortar or anything like that that's happening that, again, is a set date that's not going to change pencil that in. And then really any other specific dates that are happening that month that you know you want to share about on social media on the day that it's happening. So it could be events that are happening in your community or events that are happening in your industry, milestones, all that stuff. Those are the dates that I pencil in first. And then once I've mapped out kind of the big picture, it's time to fill in the blank. So this is when I go back to those content pillars that I'm looking at and my monthly content schedule. So I'll know like, okay, I need to release two podcast episodes this month. What are my goals? What launches are going on? How can I make this more strategic? And then I'll think about the topics and write them down. And I do want to clarify this episode is only about planning. So this is the first step in having a strategic plan in place. I'm going to talk a little bit about batching when we're done, but this is really just a process of how I create the plan itself. So content topics, not the content itself. So I'll pick my podcast topics and maybe like the guests that I would want to have on for those podcasts. And then I'll schedule in the in-between weeks what blog topics would be strategic for that month. So this month I'll be writing about content planning, which ties in with having enough brand photos to execute your content plan. And next week I'll be blogging about brand photography too. So I'll pencil in the top content first and then emails, I will batch and I will kind of come up with those email ideas based on the content that I'm creating that week and tie that in. So I'll block in the emails on Thursdays. And then for the Instagram post, I will write specific pieces of content that I want to repurpose. So I'll know the day that a podcast launches, I'll be posting on Instagram about that podcast. And two other times, I'm going to try to repurpose content by pulling a quote like a few days later and also another post or a takeaway or a story or something from that same podcast episode 10 to 14 days later and I'll pencil those in so I'll know what topics to do or what content to pull from for those days. And then other than that, I 
follow a schedule for different content pillars on different days of the week because in between those strategic posts, I do want to consistently be building my personal brand and again, building my credibility and building trust with my audience in these certain areas that are really important for my brand and my business. So for me, here is what that looks like. On Monday, I'm talking about marketing. On Tuesday, productivity, productivity tip Tuesday. On Wednesdays, I'm talking about clients. On Thursdays, I'm talking about podcast episodes. On Fridays, I'm talking about that general for creatives category. And on Saturdays is when I share personal stories, personal moments, home renovation, etc. So again, that's not set in stone. I just try to look at those topics throughout the week. And that seems to make most sense for me in terms of meeting my audience where they're at each day of the week. But if I have other content or launches scheduled in, I'll kind of shuffle those around. And if I notice like, hey, it's been a few weeks since I talked about productivity at all, I'll make sure to schedule in a post for that. And it just helps me have general guidelines to try and organize my content and come up with the right content topics so that I know that I'm consistently and strategically creating content that's actually going to move the needle in my business instead of just like showing up with the hottest uh, real trend, which I do sometimes for fun. That's more of the like for creatives fun Friday content, I think. And that's basically how I plan my content calendar. At the end of the step, I have a full month of content planned. All the topics are laid out and I know how I'm going to repurpose it, but none of it has been created. And I would love to get to the point where I'm able to plan three to six months and batch three to six months in advance. But right now, as things are pivoting in my business, I'm planning one month at a time and batching one month at a time. So today is podcast batching day. And I just recorded the episode of Jenny, which is launching in a couple weeks, and this episode. So here's my batching schedule for the month. On Tuesdays and Wednesdays, depending on when people can schedule interviews, I record the podcast and try to edit and schedule it, get as much done as possible. On Thursdays is when I am definitely scheduling the podcast episodes in Libsyn, which is my host platform and creating the blog posts that go along with those episodes and also scheduling those to be released at the same time that the podcast episodes are being released and also batching those other two blog posts. So I'm doing all of that writing and I'm in the same apps that full day getting them done. And then I'll also repurpose that content into emails. Usually I only have to pull out certain texts or only have to write a little bit more in order to make it a standalone piece for the email. So I'll do that on Thursdays and schedule those emails out too. And then on Fridays is when I try to batch as much Instagram content as possible. So I'm in Canva and later.com is the software that I use to schedule Instagram posts ahead of time. So I'm in Canva and later basically all morning repurposing all the content that I already created for the blog posts and emails and the same photos and stuff and repurposing that and scheduling it in Instagram. And then I will look at batching reels if I'm feeling up for it. Oftentimes I'm not and I will just batch reels when I have an afternoon that I'm feeling particularly creative or energetic. And I typically just look for real audios as I'm doing quote unquote reels research on Instagram, which is more like mindless scrolling if I'm being honest. But I'll just save the audios and when I'm in the mood for batching reels, I will usually get like seven to ten at a time. And that is enough for me for a typical month. And I will post those either for like 
the four entrepreneurs category or I'll double up on a day and post a reel and uh, or a carousel post or I will use it for weekends, which is more fun content. So I hope this was helpful and I hope that there were some takeaways for you in here that help you to be able to overcome some of some of that overwhelm that comes with content planning. I know it is a lot to think about, but I hope that you're able to take away those few quick tips that make it so much easier, like having those content pillars and having that one place where you're recording all of your content ideas. Those little things can go a long way in making this process feel a lot less overwhelming. It can take a lot less time, and it can also be a lot more strategic for building your brand and your business while saving that time. So, I hope that you got some helpful tips. Let me know if you have any questions. As always, I'm happy to connect on Instagram. That is my happy place and I love uh, connecting with you all after the show so far. It's been fun to make new connections through this podcast and you can find me over on Instagram at jadeboyd.co and I would love to hear your takeaways or tips that you have for planning monthly content because I would love to have other people on the show to talk about this too and maybe dive into more specific areas of content planning that I didn't cover on today's episode because there is so much there. And like I said, everyone does it differently. And I learn every time I listen to a podcast episode like this on how different people plan content. So I hope you had some good takeaways and thanks for tuning in today. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Jade Boyd podcast. If today's episode was helpful, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave me a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the podcast today. Your reviews help more small business owners discover helpful episodes every week. And if you want more productivity and marketing tips, head on over to Instagram and follow me at jadevoid.co. And lastly, don't forget to check out the show notes for the tools and resources we discussed on today's episode before you go. I'll see you next time on the Jade Void Podcast. The number of women burning out is at an all-time high right now, and I'm on a mission to change that. If you're a service provider who's feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, don't let another year go by staying stuck. The Business Edit is a 12-month group coaching program that helps you declutter your business from top to bottom so that you can have shorter to-do lists, a clear strategy to scale, and know exactly what to focus on each week to drive results in your business. You'll end the year with the business that you've been dreaming of building one that gives you your life back and pays you more than you've ever made before. In the program, you'll follow my signature five-step method for scaling your service-based business. You'll get business minimalist strategy, marketing, systems, and productivity roadmaps that are simple to understand and easy to implement, plus 12 months of customized one-on-one coaching to help you every step of the way. Join me inside the business edit at www.jadeboyd.co backslash coaching and get my step-by-step blueprint with everything you need to build your dream business in 2024. Now back to the show.